This is your look behind the scenes as we unpack intra-household conflict and Daisy and Duke's case plan with Cami. The assessment, we talked a little bit about, and I, when I say we, I mean Jerry and I. Jerry and I discussed <laughs> that, you know, there obviously was conflict between Daisy and Duke for for always, right? And it was something that just seemed to be like a mismatched preference just due to their personalities, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it was the corrections and her response to his, just kind of Duke mostly just being Duke, right? Just being a goofy guy and she's like not having it. And I think it's it's one of those where she was, and I hate to, to, to simplify it down to a word that's going to seem as cavalier as this one, but I really think Daisy was just annoyed, right? Like that's where it probably started, was she was super annoyed and it started with get off, leave me alone get off, leave me alone. Right. And it, but when that isn't listened to over, over time, right. It's going to be get off, leave me alone, get off, leave me alone. And at a certain point I'm throwing bows, right? Like I'm, I'm going to make sure that my boundaries are respected. So yeah. I do think that the, the core of where this started, we didn't have like a resource issue. It wasn't like one was reacting and then they redirected on one another. It seems like it was just that she was really annoyed and um, her boundaries weren't being respected. Mm -hmm. So we definitely want to, in order to safely reintegrate them, because even though it is from my, you know, from our perspective, it is Duke's behavior that is the the first the first kind of domino to tick over, right? To tip over. Um, but Daisy's escalation is where safety becomes an issue. So that's why the muzzle training is, I think, more important. Muzzle training is important i think for both of them and it's a skill that we're going to continue to do for both of them because we would never want to have a situation where i don't know if like duke was getting nibbly with her you know what i mean or in in some way to where she would be more restricted than him, than him. um yeah. but i just don't think that we're going to need the muzzle with duke as much as often or as critically as I think that we need it with Daisy to be able yeah. to like change how we feel about the situation. 100%. I was like, for me, like I look at them and I'm like, oh, you're still separated. Like it kind of makes me sad. But then I'm the thought of not having that barrier. Yeah. Right. And like experiencing that again, mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, not a fan. And that's going to put you in a certain frame of mind when we are trying to reintegrate that is, is going to have you on edge, which Daisy's going to read as, oh yeah, me too. Like I'm on edge too. I'm ready. Totally. Mom. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then for Duke again, like, I think it is just mostly just that he is more rambunctious than what Daisy would choose for her housemate. It doesn't yeah. mean that she doesn't, you know, have some form of, of doggy love for him, right? Because yeah, they obviously yeah, yeah. do, you know, they did have a good relationship before mm -hmm. things turned south. Um, but in order to safely reintegrate them, we put in a lot more structure so that when Duke is not making the choice that we need him to make, mm -hmm. we can really influence him towards that. And regardless of what choice he makes, we make sure Daisy's boundaries aren't crossed. Right. So we're going to talk okay. about like getting different kinds of barriers to be able to kind of play around with that. Um, and we'll just slide into the next, the next page, which is, which is the management system. And I just want to compliment you again on how thorough your management is and how, you know, I, I can tell you were not going to let anything fall through the cracks. You were not going to let this happen again by accident. You know what I mean? This is something where, 
And this type of management is really, really critical. However, even when we are that buttoned up, you know, management fails still happen. Like mistakes mm-hmm. happen, gear breaks, right? Right. Like we can have a gate just totally not hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin has like an 85 pound dog and he wanted to get one of those just pressurized gate. I said, kid, if you do not get hardware and mount that thing in, like there's just no way. Yeah. So, you know, we, even though management is really good and really important to be buttoned up, that's why I think it's really important to step into a solution and actually working on changing the emotions because man, like crate and rotate is great, but I just know in my experience more often than not, eventually something happens and we just don't want, we don't want to ever get to that point. Yeah. Um, okay. That's so- our reaction to like, we had a, we had a situation, I don't know, I don't know how long ago it was, but like, you know, miscommunication, right? Cause there's a lot of people in the house. So miscommunication right. and one dog was here and, you know, Duke came down and actually kind of jumped over Daisy, like didn't realize she was there. And I didn't realize that was happening. And my husband didn't realize, you know, it was all of that. And it was like, like I reacted, like yeah. I screamed, I I may think I made the situation worse, but it scared the shit out of me. Well, yeah, we weren't so, prepared yeah, for that. And that wasn't moment. prepared. And I was like, oh, like, right. And it's not like anybody that, like know? left a gate open. It's just like, things just happen. And that's just life. And when you have, like you said, a lot of people, a lot of moving parts, more yeah. things can happen. So yeah, all, all the barriers, all the gates, they're really effective and they're really important. And I think that you're doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job with management. And I think that the muzzle training is for sure on the right track. I think that we're definitely at the point where we can kind of accelerate that, especially for Daisy, just because that's what's needed to be able to take the next step is to get that muzzle training to, you know, the next level. So I would say any and all time dedicated with Daisy is just all about the muzzle and we integrate the muzzle training into other stuff. So find activities that are her favorite. If it's food luring, great. If it's trick training and teaching her high five and spin, great. We do those in like 20 second sessions with the muzzle on. Now the muzzle is not just, oh, the muzzle goes on and there's treats and the muzzle comes off and there's no treats. The muzzle is a part of this routine that you have with her where you're engaging, you're interacting. It goes on, good things happen. It goes off, things kind of die down for a second. And then we go back in because both dogs love to interact and engage and train and just, just, just do stuff with you. I think the food's part of it, but I think that the people, I think it's really equal for both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, definitely tighten the straps um around the neck because when it's more properly fit, um, when it's more properly fit, they tend to mess with it less. So you might think in your mind, like, oh, tighter is harder. But sometimes when it's like hanging down at the end of their nose and they're like, what is it just makes them more likely to kind of fidget with it. Okay. So I think we're at the point where we can get the straps to close to how they should be and how they okay. would be. Okay. Um, I think we could also at a certain point, once, once you're really through the muzzle training and get into some of the reintegration exercises, once we judge how much we think Daisy is going to be wearing it, we can discuss if we want to get her, um, a slightly more comfortable muzzle, something that's going to allow more pant room, something that's going to be not like, a, I don't think that she needs like a custom muzzle, um, but something that has more granular sizing. So we can get one that is going to give the right fit. But again, if she's only wearing it for like 20 to 30 minutes a day for me, the Baskerville's fine. I think that if they're going to be wearing it more than about 30 minutes a day, you want to look at something that's going to be a little bit more personalized. Okay. And the pricing on those at a dog that size, 
mind you, the the brand that I send people to, this brand, I tend to have to send people to them because their dogs are too big for a size six Baskerville. They're too big for the biggest Baskerville. Uh Um, So most of like the Mastiffs and Great Danes have to go to this brand. And the pricing for those muzzles is like 70, 80 bucks. So I'm imagining her size would be like the 40, 50 kind of a range, which is obviously a lot more than the Baskerville, but less than a 130 that the custom muzzles cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, place is another one. You can combine it with place. You know, I think I think both of them are pretty active dogs, but Daisy is a little bit more like content to chill. So it might be that it's the opposite. It might be that she doesn't want to wear it and do tricks. Maybe it's just she wants to wear it while she's on place, and then we take it off and we release her, and it becomes more about a chill time. And um, you know, using the pouches still to just kind of feed her and have her be calm wearing the muzzle. Fit, you know, play with it figure out what's going to suit her best. Maybe it's a little bit of both, right? It doesn't ever have to be all or nothing. It could just be that she wears it no matter what we're doing for training. And we just do those really short sessions. Okay. Um, okay. The changes to routine. I definitely want to add in some more structure and create a lot of predictability for them. So you don't have to have like a rigid schedule that you follow, but I like to break the day into chunks and then make, make the activities that happen within each chunk kind of happen in the same order each day. Mm -hmm. That way, again, like they know what time things are going to happen. That way we can build up to having their integrated time basically happen at the same time each day. That way it's all predicted. You know what I mean? It's all something that they know exactly what's going to happen. And their integrated time for, I don't want to give a time frame around it, but potentially weeks will be them being across the room, not Mm -hmm. even interacting at all. Right? Like that's the first step is for them to be in the same room observing, not reacting, not Mm -hmm. caring. And for that, we're going to need Daisy to be comfortable wearing the muzzle. And we're going to need Duke to be provided with very, very, very clear alternatives. It's not like, okay, Duke, make good choices. It's like (laughs) Duke place, right? Duke sit, Duke down. That way Daisy sees, and we're going to set this up in one room. And I think we have two options when we go to set these up on if you could have two humans and one human holds each leash mm-hmm. or you get a tether and you just put a little a little bracket in the wall and mm-hmm. then Daisy has a leash over there and you can clip her to that and she's on her place and we're going to get a little gate to kind of corner her off. That way Duke literally can't enter her space mm-hmm. and then you train Duke and that's it. She gets to hang out in her palace. She mm-hmm. can have, you know, she can have something... Once we're sure Duke's not going to be obsessing over her, we mm-hmm. can give her something of high value. She can just chill. Like her only job at that point is to just like not interact, observe, and to learn that Duke is not going to mess with her. That's it. Okay. okay. And that to me would be build that trust. Step. Like I'm good. Yes. He's going to ignore. She doesn't me. have to be like worried about it constantly. Like like the hyper notice he's been yes. doing. So like we're going to notice one day him. that she's like. She like turns her back on him or something and takes a big deep breath. And we're going to be like, oh, she finally has learned to relax and not, you know, she probably is waiting for him to just pounce, Mm -hmm. you know, probably happened enough times that she is just kind of on edge like that. And that is definitely a massive contributing factor as to why her corrections to Duke escalated because she was getting more and more tense as she was waiting for it and expecting it and didn't want it, you know? Yeah. So uh, has Daisy ever had any other dog friends? Yeah. And so how, how does she play with them? Like, what is great. the play style? Like, what does it her, look like? Yeah. I mean, we used to take her to the dog park. She loved it before we got Duke. 
when she couldn't play with our older dog. Cause I was like, she cannot wrestle with him. Yeah. So when we would go to the dog park with her, she would just run. She would want to run and she would like tumble and play. And they were always, I felt like some of the dogs were more aggressive with her. Like she didn't necessarily mm. want to play aggressively. She just wanted yeah. to like run and like, let's go like chase each other. And that kind of, when so you, do you would- think that, that Even she and Duke, dogs. sorry, go ahead. Even on, on neighbor, we have, there's a neighbor up the road. Um, and when we take a walk, Daisy is so submissive. She would get lower than the Corgi. Yeah. And be like, hi, my friend, you know, she was in in the other dog. She would instantly go on her back Mm -hmm. um, with other dogs. I'm like, okay, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So easy. Um, Yeah. So she's a little low confidence too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what about Duke? What's Duke's sort of play style? Is he a little bit more physical, a little bit more rough and tumble? He's physical. He's definitely more, I think more physical and he, he does not like anything to be lorded over him. Like he, even us, like if we go to like, if he, especially if he's laying on the couch and it's like nighttime and everything's kind of chill, like he does not like anything to be over him. So even I noticed when they would play, he doesn't like, I think that's why he reacts to some dogs. Like we had my friend's dog over a couple of years ago and like, they just, he, the other dog played like where I want to be kind of on, I'm on top, you're on top. And like Duke cannot. Yeah. Too much. So he was definitely, he likes to run. Like they would always like chase each other, like run circle. Okay. Outside. Yeah, so it doesn't... Like, like the Lion King, boom, they would kind of collide and they uh-huh. tumble and they would run and they would they play, they would play. Is that the... with the neighborhood dog or with Daisy? Just Daisy. We, we, yeah. Duke, Duke from the very beginning, we did, did he... not like neighborhood dogs. He, yeah. Okay. He, he was hyper, um, he would get really, uh, what's, what's the word when he would get around any dogs, uh, any dog we've saw. Well, never on leash. Like on he leash would, well. he would react to dogs on leash when we would walk them. Um, and so we were like, no, we're not going to do that. And then a couple of times we introduced him. I mean, Barley was here and he, when he was little he and would... he was okay. The three of them were okay. It was, we definitely had to monitor. Like I felt like I couldn't trust Duke because I didn't know what would bother him where okay. Daisy was a little bit more easygoing and mm-hmm. but she would even when her and Duke would play she would like opt out and be like I'm done right and he kind of and like still wants to keep going uh-huh no it's been interesting with Duke now with them being separated for so long that he is giving her space even if it's just the gate mm-hmm. you know it's like they come in for a walk and Daisy's up on that side of the gate and like Duke will kind of, there's little stairs there. He'll go up and like, see her and be like, good, good. I like that. That's becoming his default is like, I don't want no smoke. Uh -uh. And then the last thing too, at nighttime, because we have them leashed on the couch is on different ends of the couch. They each have their own side. So we can hang out. Otherwise it feels like, you know, we always take Daisy out first and put her and put her in her crate and he will not move. From the couch. But he stays like he's absolutely asleep, almost like playing possum. And as <laughs> mm-hmm. soon as she walks into her crate and we close it, he's like, I'm up. You know, like, I think that would be the right time of day to do their integrated training would be right before family sofa time. That way, after we're done their integrated training, we have our family sofa time. Okay. And then because that way, the way that that session ends, same way as all the same way the night's always ended. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that because that's like a small shift. Mm-hmm. 
integration. Well, and we have like down here in the, this where the couch is, we have a bed over there in the corner that I showed, like we could easily gate that section. Yeah. Off. And make that be her and little, her little make space. Yeah. Her little, <clears throat> yeah. And if we, we have a leash already on the couch and so it reaches over to there. So like she would already be tethered. Yeah. If yeah. Needed I think that, that sounds like, good. Yeah. It's definitely a spot. Cause then we can train Duke kind of over here. She would Let see him. Yeah, yeah, whatever. She would see I him. I think at first, we definitely want to, if possible, have both humans there. So somebody oh, yeah. can be, oh, yeah. while one of you is training Duke with, honestly, it could be anything. It could be following, a, it could be literally anything. And be con also constantly paying Daisy at first, the first couple sessions, because Daisy is desensitized to a non-moving Duke. That's what family TV time is, right? Like, a non-moving duke at the other end of the sofa on a leash is not a worry for her. She's not on guard. A moving duke is a different situation. And a duke that's like moving animatedly and excited. She's going to be like, mm -mm, mm -mm. he's getting, he's getting too much. You know, I can tell. I, I, out of here. I need to discipline him. Like right. I need to be in charge, not you guys. Yeah. So think about keeping the intensity of the energy when you're training duke as low as possible to start. Right. That's how we make it as easy as possible. Duke, sit. Good boy, Duke, right? Instead of like, woohoo, go Duke, right? That's yeah. going to make her be like, playground police, you know? You're having too much fun over there. Bring it down. And, you know, hearing you describe their play styles, to me, it does not sound like they have a mismatched play style. It sounds like their play styles actually align pretty well. I think it, and speculation, I think it has more to do with the fact that Daisy has an off switch and Duke doesn't. And when she wants to be relaxing and off duty he's still up here because she doesn't mind if they're you know if they're both up here and they're playing and it's playtime but for her playtime is a small portion of the day whereas for him all the time yeah and i think even potentially him just re reacting out on the leash probably annoyed her like dude shut up i'm just trying to have my walk <laughs> yeah like you're making this way more than it needs to be you know yeah. so i think do they still walk together on leash or do we walk them separately we walk them separately Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good for now. Um, just because I, I bet Duke's reactions bother her. I bet she's like, Oh, yeah. this again. <laughs> totally. And she would, she would sometimes correct him on walks. Like if it was like one person walking both of yeah. them, she would be like enough. All right. Or she would definitely she would, yeah. be on guard and they would do the whole, like, you know, he wants to be in front and she would like, right. It was sort of that energy versus like, we're just walking. Yeah. You know, she and could then, probably like, feel that when he charged forward, he was more likely to explode. And she was like, no, dude, keep, bring it down, bring it down. And that's what I'm saying. Like, she probably whispered a hundred thousand times to him to chill. <laughs> and when he didn't, he didn't, it's not that Duke isn't listening. I don't believe that. I think it's Duke's not hearing it, you know, because mm -hmm. he's up yeah. there and just too, whether it's just the arousal, the stimulation, the joy, the reactivity, all of it. He just, it seems like he feels a lot of things. Well, and he's been, I noticed too we hadn't had puppies in a long time like daisy was our first puppy since we were newly married yeah like years and then the difference between the two of them like daisy was like you know she could sleep through anything where duke even as a puppy was like a little noise and he would be like away so he just has like a little bit more twitchy of an energy anyway yes yes totally and that affected her bringing that into the home to me it's also breed too you know duke is a got hound in him he's got mm -hmm. i gotta be on alert i gotta chase where daisy's more like i'm gonna protect and sit and watch 
Mm. Daisy sometimes goes out in the porch in like a pride, like the lioness. She looks upon her her land and she just surveys very calmly. Where Duke is like, "Ooh, I'm gonna circle, make sure we're good, then we're safe." Where Daisy's like, "I'm gonna look very calmly and casually." And Duke's like, "Does Duke have a really strong prey drive?" Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hounds, man, hounds. I know. Um, <laughs> and we and we back up to the woods so like literally he's like you know he there's fox, the fox, fox the back deer. there the other day he was like and he just yeah. sits and you know and the fox is like hey and daisy mean, could care less but that's why we have a fence plus a um like the electric fence. electric fence and we had to with him because he just does he get vocal when he sees prey yes okay Okay, so what I want you to do is, and it's not in the plan, um, looking at the behavior modification sheet, Duke's section, I want you to, that first bullet point where it says Duke's number one priority is decompression and stationing, I really want to use that and apply that in relation to the prey. Oh, okay. Maybe not forever with the stationing because I find that you know, you take a dog like Duke, who's already a little tightly wound and he's just seen a prey. So he's up here. And then you're like, okay, hold still. That's tough. That's tough. But what I'm suggesting is once he's up here, get him enough distance from that trigger. If it's a window, if it's a door, whatever it is, and then get him to decompress on place. Because the thing with, with prey drive is that the predatory motor sequence in animals, um, let's see if I get them in order. I orient, stalk, chase, grab, bite, kill, bite, dissect, consume whole predatory motor sequence, right? It's in all animals. Our dogs are not able to complete that full sequence for various reasons. And um, looking at a hound type dog, they're going to be more focused on the kind of front end of that. Detecting, identifying, where is it? And then finding it, right? It's less about um, kind of the second half of it. And the issue there is that is like an unfulfilling and incomplete cycle. Mm. So he's able to, when he can see them through a glass door, he's able to do like two or three steps of that sequence. And then there's a barrier keeping him from doing anything else. Yes. And then those first couple sequences are designed to ratchet him up a little bit. And then there's nothing to bring him down because normally at the end of that sequence, they eat. And what does eating do? Activates the parasympathetic nervous system, tells you to calm down. He doesn't have that. So yeah. we have to find a way to get a, him distance from that and get some, you know, use a scatter and bring him down because otherwise he stays up here. And that sounds like he kind of does that a lot anyway. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I just think yeah. about him. We have a big picture window in the front. And if there's like, I have a bird feeders out there and like the squirrels will be out there and he'll be like, you know, well, and I'm well, just let's have our first goal with him is not to have him not react to those things. It's to decrease the amount of time it takes for him to cool it after you get what I'm saying. We're trying to accelerate how quickly he decompresses Yeah, because, um, he, like I Do said, I, I think he's just kind of with food then like if he's on the couch and he's doing, cause sometimes it's hard. He won't even listen to me. like start I'll having be- him wear a leash, start just having him wear the leash for now. Okay. That way you can just grab the leash and direct him over that way like really easily okay um great. i would if, if he, you know you can definitely do a find it scatter you can practice that when there's no trigger right when he's just looking at the window duke find it and do a scatter in the kitchen he's gonna be like absolutely and come running yeah. to the kitchen you get enough muscle memory of that even if he sees something and here's duke find it and then here's kibble hit the floor he's like yeah i'm gonna find it yeah. he, he does it outside so the last thing at night they go outside you know potty before before bed and occasionally there's something out there and he will he won't come in and mm-hmm. i'm like 
come on, Duke, you know, and, and I use touch and he'll like, if there's nothing going on, I can't see my yell touch. He's like in the door. He's getting a treat. He's like, this is the best thing ever. When there is something out there and he's reared up. You got to go all the way I gotta out, go out, out there and head. like get hit like, hey, it's like, hey, eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that prey drive is definitely like the loudest thing to him is going to be his prey drive. So we definitely want to build up just any skills in terms of like him choosing you over the yeah. prey. So that means being out there with him on a leash when that happens, kind of knowing all right, there's probably going to be an animal out there tonight. So I'm going to clip the leash on. We're going to go out together. I'm going to have a handful of treats and I'm going to start paying him to look at me before I think he's even going to notice that, right? And then once he does notice it, try and use that food to draw him back to you while you're still attached to him with the leash. Because to your point, he's definitely not going to come inside when there's something exciting outside if he couldn't even give you eye contact in that moment. If he couldn't even angle his body from the thing to you then he's yeah. definitely not going to come inside. So I would say just just kind of practice that. Just go out with them, spend three minutes getting some eye contact and hand feeding. Um, and then once you're sure that there's not going to be something that's going to like really pull him away from you, unclip him, head in, let him do his business and call him into you. And almost yeah. make being calm and giving you that little bit of focus the first step of the last potty break. I mean, I know it's late and sometimes yeah. that can be a lot and you can decide, you know, hey, that's not actually that important to us. We're just going to, we're just going to deal with it or we're just going to put them on a leash because that's, we don't want to train at 10 o'clock at night. You know, it's whatever makes sense for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That's so helpful. yes. And then just teaching him, like I said, to use the stationing. So using his bed as like a decompression zone. So we're going to do that. The best way to start that is with something that is going to escalate him, but in a really fun way. So play. So the, the, the very, very first thing I want you to start with Duke while you're working on the muzzle with Daisy is we play, we get hype. We go to place, we calm down. Okay. We play, we get hype, we go to place, we calm down. Once you see him like really chill in the place bed, you're going to release him. Um, And I do have that full protocol. Yeah, the place for decompression. It's the very, very last page. So that's going to explain exactly Ah, what you want to do in terms of just getting him to calm down on that bed. So we just like form this pattern. Duke gets escalated. We go to place, you calm down, you get released. And we use like tug or fetch or something like, like I said, fun. That's going to get him hype, get him to like a seven. Um, but it's not a reaction. He hasn't been triggered. It's a little okay. bit easier to calm down from the happy emotions than than the frustrated um, or, you know, nervous ones. Again, the reintegration sessions that we're working up towards are we have to have the 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 muzzle with Daisy at just a slightly, although saying that if we have two people, I feel far less that we we absolutely have to have the muzzle on for that session. I always like to have two levels of management when we're doing integration sessions. So that could be the leash and the muzzle, or that could be the leash and the gate, right? If you get the le- if you get the gate and put the bed back there and have the leash on, then we don't really need the muzzle because we already have a leash and a gate. Like we feel confident that they're not going to meet each other. Yeah. Um, and a leash on Duke as well, obviously. Now, if you wanted to be able to get to the point where it was just one of you, that's where I would say like, okay, let's tether and put the muzzle on. Because now we've got an extra level of safety. And especially once we get to the point where that that barrier, that gate is going to go away. That's where the muzzle's necessary. Um, what kind of gate? So, what do, you, do you have a recommendation on? Yeah, I'll send you a link. Just like an X-Pen. Just like okay. a standard X-Pen. Um, sometimes on Facebook Marketplace, you can find really cheap like um, plastic panels from like an old baby pen. 
where you mm-hmm. can get like three or four of those would probably be enough. Um, Daisy's going to, if she really wanted out, she would just hop over it. Like that's not, it's not to keep her in. It's to show her, this is your boundary. We will not let Duke cross this. Okay. This is your safe space. And and, and when you're behind it, ain't no one going to mess with you. Okay. More so like it have to be. Boundary, just like her crate. Like she knows when she's in there and when he's in his crate, she definitely feels better. Exactly. And- exactly. Yep. And then, and then eventually we remove the boundary, but the sentiment stays the same that she has this bubble, right? We're, we're, we are, we are creating a physical bubble so she can see it. So Duke can see it. So everyone can see it. And then when it, when it goes away, the respect of that boundary stays. Okay. Okay. I know we are running low on time. Um, do you have any other questions? No, I think that was a, I think that was a lot. Very informational. Yeah, very helpful. And obviously you still have tons of access to us. So if you think of any questions, just drop them in. You can type them in. You can film yourself. Um, We're going to do a a small mini pack or a short mini pack with me and Jerry before we put you into the three months of the Tulsa pack aftercare. So you'll do a six day period with Jerry and I where you're submitting videos every day. So that'll really help us get the ball rolling. Um, We have one more person that I think still needs to do her mini pack and we're just doing one at a time. So I'll get you the dates soon, but it'll be, you know, in the next month. Yeah, no problem. That's no problem. So we'll just work on this stuff for now and then get, ask any questions, give you feedback, make videos, whatever. Hey, this is working, not working. And then you'll let us know next steps. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You're going to hear from me soon with those uh, mini pack dates. Awesome. Great. Great. Awesome. Thank Thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. Unpacked was created by Jerry Sheriff and Madison Simpson and edited and produced by Josh Wasta under the supervision of Straight Up Dog Talk LLC and Emily Breslin. See you next time.